In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It's not always easy to wake up. I remember growing up in Denver when I was in high school in the middle of winter. School started at 7.40 in the morning, which meant that I had to be on a bus by 7.15, and that meant getting up in the dark and the cold. I have distinct memories from that time of the almost physical pain I would experience when the alarm started to ring. Under my covers, the world was warm and cozy. Outside, it was a frozen hellscape. (laughs) Cold, treacherous, and dark. I would have given anything to have simply turned off the alarm and slipped back into sleep. For indeed, sleep is a gift. Anyone who has suffered from a bout of insomnia knows what it's like to lie awake in the dark with a busy day looming. Your only hope is that you can turn off your brain just enough to catch an hour or two more rest before you have to get up and take on the world once again. Leonard Cohen once said that the last refuge of the insomniac is a sense of superiority to the sleeping world. Whether that's true or not, let's admit that that sense of superiority is a a pitifully small consolation. (laughs) I mean, sleep. Sleep is the real refuge the real haven. But Paul writes to the church in Rome, you know what time it is, how it is now the moment for you to wake from sleep. It's not always easy to wake up Even when we're making our way through the waking world, we are often asleep at the wheel. We get caught up in our delusions and our fantasies. We fail to actually see the reality around us. We project our illusions on top of what's really there, and we get, we get lost in dreams of our own fabrication. In our contemporary world, it doesn't make waking up any easier, does it? We are sold fantasy after fantasy, escape after escape, dream after dream. But Paul tells those Roman Christians, you know what time it is. How it is now the moment for you to wake from sleep. 
Many of us have a sense that we are being lulled to sleep by our culture and our society. And indeed, this sense has has given birth to whole political movements built around this idea of waking us up to what is really happening. And frankly, some of these movements absolutely terrify me. In the name of waking us up, they actually summon us into their delusional nightmares. Within these movements, the ordinary becomes nefarious. A pizza restaurant or a drag show become places and spaces to harm children. These folks tell us that conspiracies and plots by secretive powers, those are the real story that the powers that be don't want us to know about. They sell us a dream within a dream and they call it real. Lord knows it's not always easy to wake up. But Paul writes to us, you know what time it is. How it is now the moment for you to wake from sleep. Today is the first Sunday of Advent. Advent is a season of expectation and preparation, a time for waking up. Here is a season where we we look back in time to before the coming of Christ, to the time when the people of God awaited the the coming of the Messiah in hope. We get in touch with what it meant for them to wait and to watch. But this is also a time where we look forward. For Advent reminds us that we also live in our own time, in a time where we are called to be faithful and hopeful, waiting and watching as our forebears did. We, too, are called to wait and watch as we look for the culmination of the age and Christ's coming again. And even more, we are invited in this season of Advent to wake up to this very moment as we look to respond to God's word and to to give birth to Christ within our own hearts. Here is is a season that bids us to live into the virtues of faith and hope and love. Here is a season of longing and desire. Now, now is the moment for you to wake from sleep. Advent begins by inviting us to look and to see God's intention for creation. The lessons for the first Sunday of Advent always have an end times sort of bent to them. The lessons are meant to orient us, to call us to live in hope, and to trust in God, come what may. But there's also some cause for dread here in the lessons, especially in our gospel lesson. In it, Jesus speaks 
of a seemingly dire event that looms over the passage. No one knows when it will happen, but it will come like a thief in the night. For just as as people were going about doing normal things right before Noah's flood, things like eating and drinking and, and getting married, so too people will be doing those same things when the Son of Man returns. But let's face it, so much of our lives is simply unexpected, both good and ill. The chance meeting of a, friend, a future friend or spouse, the diagnosis of an illness, the surprise of a job opportunity, or the untimely passing of a loved one. So much of our lives is unexpected and cannot be planned. What's that old line? If you want to make God laugh, tell God your plans. And while I'm not so sure about the theology of that statement, it's certainly a line that rings true because it fits our experience. While we can make plans and contingencies and strive to be in control and to create options and opportunities, our lives never follow some sort of script of our own design. And as such, Why should the culmination of the age be any different? Why should we get some sort of insider information? And so Jesus invites us to be prepared for the unexpected. We're told to be ready. We're told to wake up. You know what time it is. But the thing about this waking up, it's not, it's not disaster planning, as important as disaster planning might be in the meantime. Of course, it is, is good to be prepared. But Jesus is not advocating that we make sure that, we, that we've got enough cash and water and canned goods around to get us through until the stores reopen. No, as Christians, we are, we're not waking up to disaster. We're waking up to culmination. We're waking up to fulfillment. Sure, in the meantime, there might be disasters. There might be things that go awry. There might be wars and rumors of wars. Like Jesus says elsewhere, there might be earthquakes and there might be floods. All that stuff's going to happen. But what is coming, what we are awaiting, is not disaster, but liberation. What we are striving to wake up to is the peaceable kingdom that Isaiah points to this morning. What we are waking up to is not an endless a war spiraling deeper and deeper out of control, but a time where nations will beat their swords into plowshares, where they won't learn war anymore. 
When we hear of the end times, we, we tend to think of fearful movies. But the biblical narrative does not culminate with ruin. Rather, it culminates with restoration. We are given glimpses of a new Jerusalem. We're getting a chance to peek in on a new creation. We are given a look at a mountain rising above all the other hills while all the nations stream to it in peace. God is bringing us to fulfillment. This is what we are supposed to get ready for. This is what all of this preparation is meant to point to. This is the light that is dawning, bidding us to wake up. You know what time it is. And I believe that we, we truly wake up by being molded and shaped by God. We wake up by being molded and shaped by our longing and desire for God's kingdom and will to be realized on earth as that kingdom and will are realized in heaven. We wake up by longing for peace and working towards it. We wake up for meaning and forgiveness and abundant life. We wake up by allowing ourselves to share in God's hope of how the world should be and inevitably will be. And then by allowing that hope to influence our actions and our choices. This is what it means to wake up. There's an old story about, about Martin Luther that I know that I have told, uh, told many of you before, probably many times. But it's still a story that bears repeating. Luther was once asked, what would you do if you knew that the world would end that very day? What would you do if you knew the world was going to end today? Luther's response was that he would go and he would plant an apple tree. Now, it's probably an apocryphal story. Luther probably never said it. But the sentiment is a true one. And indeed, this is how we are to wake up. For that sapling ap apple tree that Luther looked to plant, he knew that it wasn't destined for destruction but rather that it was destined for fulfillment. And thus, every act that we do in hope and love will be an act that finds its completion and fulfillment in God. Each act of love 
and faith and hope done will find its completion and fulfillment in God. Even an act as simple as planting a tree. It's not always easy to wake up. The Lord knows that sleep is often a gift. But you know what time it is. It is time to wake up and engage in deeds of hope. Now, now is the time to wake up to God's culmination and fulfillment of creation. Now, now is the time to wake up to the peaceable kingdom. Now, now is the time to wake up into God's dream. For you know, you know what time it is. Amen.